Blog Talk Radio. Gave me 
the stamina and kind of like the no give up attitude. Like I'm definitely not a quitter. Like I'm a doer. And so being in that competitive atmosphere definitely, I think set me up for success with wrestling as well as like you were kind of leading into uh, being maybe involved in the arts. Yes. I, I was a drama nerd. I still am. I consider myself also an actress. Um, so that was helpful too, as far as like storylines go and things like that. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of a, of a preview, um, in my past of what I might need to expect, um, when coming into wrestling. So, yeah. Like you said, you are up here in the state of Washington and, our state has a very long history when it comes to pro wrestling, going all the way back to the days of Gorgeous George and before television was really a thing, all the way up through the Don Owens era. Dean Silverstone ran a promotion in eastern Washington for many years. Triple A out of Mexico actually ran a show in Washington State in the early 90s, so there's a lot of history up here. Yes. Do you ever look into the history of what the sport has done previously in the state of Washington? Um, I would say I'm probably a little bit naive to that. I only um, probably have a working knowledge of 10 years prior to my like debut uh, in the business here in Washington. But um, I am aware of some of the connections we have um, with Lucha Wrestling uh, because actually when I first started training um, to become a professional wrestler, I trained uh, in the art of Lucha. Um, So that was really cool to have that be part of my background and kind of learn from Profe and um, get to learn a little bit more of that history and how that's been a part of Washington wrestling as well. So, well, ten years ago, the state of Washington was not as prosperous as it is now for professional wrestling. Now you have several promotions all across the state doing very well. AEW has a working relationship with Defy Wrestling, so they get national exposure some of the time, which is huge for the independent scene up here in Washington. Several of the Pacific Northwest people out of Washington have appeared on AEW today already, so it's sort of a flourishing scene compared to what it was a decade ago. Do you think you came along in the right time frame to be able to have a more prosperous career in professional wrestling? Absolutely. I think that um, this next year is really going to be super amazing. I have um, some people that I'm pretty close to in the business that are revamping old uh, promotions as well as starting completely new ones. I think that there's nowhere really to go other than up from here, honestly, um, because we have probably now more than three or four really well put together amazing promotions um, that are always pretty much a pleasure to work with. So that's been really cool. And I think that it's super awesome again that 
there are so many Native Washingtonians getting to showcase their talents on AEW and things like that, and the relationship there is super awesome, um, you know, with Nick Wayne and also Aubrey Edwards uh, coming from the Washington area uh, has been super cool just to see them and their journey and um, be able to just cheer them on. I think it's super awesome. Absolutely. Now we will also add in Swerve Strickland out of Tacoma. So lots of representation for our great state right now as AEW is breaking records in England. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of AEW, they are returning to Seattle around a month from now for Collision. AEW is only five years old. Uh, It was five years ago that the very first all-in event happened in Chicago as sort of a standalone show to see if it could be done before things got snowballing into running a televised national promotion. What do you think of the rapid success that AEW has had in the market when for years and years WWE pretty much dominated things and now someone else is doing basically equal business to them? For me, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. I think that for years we've lacked – publicly broadcasted diversity in wrestling, and I think AEW has really mastered that in a lot of ways and provided a lot of different dynamic storytelling through the way that they put together their production. I really appreciate um, Collision, formerly, kind of formally, now it's kind of a different thing, um, known as Dark, because a lot of my friends have gotten and peers have gotten amazing opportunities to showcase their talent in a way that they hadn't before. And I think that that's something super amazing that I'm consistently seeing AEW do, using local talent to um, just elevate uh, those independent wrestlers. And I think that it's been a breath of fresh air to have a promotion that's really just dedicated to highlighting those independent wrestlers um, because I feel like WWE often um, goes for, like, the look Um, of a wrestler, which is super great and super important, but not always what I connect with. And I think that it's really cool just to see different looks, different talents, and just a different perspective. And you mentioned the wrestler's look, and wrestling is often a very cosmetic business, and most wrestlers are very conscious of look and Part of that is being in the right conditioning so you look like an athlete and can present yourself as an athlete. For your own personal career, do you have a set diet plan and a set conditioning program that you maintain, or do you keep in condition because of really good genetics and uh, just generally being clean? Um. So I'm not in a point in my career where I can just dedicate all my hours in the day to training, but um, I do work a very physical job, um, and that actually has been very beneficial to me being able to stay in shape um, for uh, wrestling as well as I train um, four to six hours a week in wrestling specifically and sometimes more. And if you count shows, that also 
adds in a few a few extra hours and minutes to that as well. I have gone to quite a few seminars, trained there, um, and yeah, I, I, I basically am kind of a garage worker outer, and uh, I live by my life by eating foods in moderation um, and knowing what foods are inflammatory. So if I'm taking a long time um, putting out together some meals, I'm like, okay, I'm already having a grain here, a pasta, you know, that might have some inflammation. I'm not also going to have bread, you know, with this meal. Maybe I'll, you know, double up on veggies instead. So I'm conscious, but I'm not so strict as to let uh, diet and exercise control my personal life um, and control my mindset, if that makes sense. (laughs) Most definitely. Now, you are still really young in your career, so you don't have the experience necessarily of traveling across the country or anything like that, but from what you've learned just traveling across the Pacific Northwest, if someone was breaking into the business today and wanted your advice, what are some of the travel tips you would give them for being on the road? Traveling, definitely bring, bring snacks, try to bring healthy snacks because it's easier to eat junk food on the road um, than it is to mindfully pick snacks that are healthy. Um, make sure that you hydrate a lot and you take um, breaks as you're traveling. Um, I've traveled with a lot of different friends and everybody has different traveling styles. Some friends are just like, go, 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 go and they're just pedal to the metal, and that's not necessarily the safest, especially when you're traveling back home from a gig, um, because that's, like, wild. Um, so it's just, you know, take it slow, make sure you plan out your times and your rest stops, um, and make sure that you have plenty of healthy food um, and water to drink. And, uh, yeah. Now, in Washington... There is a wrestling commission and licensing and so forth and so on. One of the things that the commission focuses heavily on is blood, and that's been a hot topic within wrestling the last few years because of medical science, learning more and more about blood-borne pathogens and the like. I don't know if you've dealt with it very much so far in your career, but do you have an opinion on blood as it relates to pro wrestling in 2023? Um, I think that every wrestler is an artist and every story requires something different. For me, I'm not at a point in my career where I would probably be in a match that um, would cause me to bleed. Uh, To be honest, for me, again, it's, it's different. Uh, it's really, really thing to say it's something that my coach says because every wrestler is so different. Um, it's different flavors of ice cream. Um, some people really feel that blood is something that can really take the story to the next level, and there's some people who don't agree with that right now. Um, in my career, personally, I'm indifferent because I don't have a story um, that would ever require me to fight that hard to bleed. So... We'll see what's in the future for that. I think as long as people are doing it as safely as possible, um, you know, if, if they know that they might lead in a match, you know, they 
need to be tested and make sure that their opponent is safe and that they're safe as well um, and vice versa. At this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, is standing by, and I know Coach has questions to ask as well, so I'm going to pass things right over to him. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. It's like a good moderate temperature right now, so I'm very happy. It's been a scorcher, and all of the smoke has been crazy. Yeah, we know you're a busy person. What do you got coming up? So coming up this coming weekend, um, I'm going to be performing at a retro street fair and art festival in Eugene, Oregon. I'm super excited because it fits Murphy Madsen so well to be showing up at this 80s and 90s celebratory event. I'm really excited because we're going to be closing out the night. And it's super great because I'll be working with someone I really admire in the business. Her name is Kikio the Fallen Flower. And uh, I just got news again today that not only will I have this chance to face her, but I will be facing her again in Canada. Um, and I, I'm really shocked to say on the 23rd in Canada, I will be in a title match. And that will be my first uh, title match that I'll be participating in. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited and I'm going to be preparing for that greatly in the upcoming weeks. Right on. My goodness, that is such an honor. And then, uh, man, I wish you all the luck in the world in that. And then, uh, Thank you so much. One of our standard questions on the show is, I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Oh, my favorite coffee to drink? Well, it kind of depends on my mood, but I am just kind of like a basic diner coffee girl like I like coffee with cream and sugar and then sometimes I feel a little bit crazy and I get um, like a caramel frappuccino so pretty basic okay nice all right and this next uh, question segment is called heroes who were your heroes growing up whether it was ordinary life sports music wrestling all the above that is a really, really great question. Um, I don't think I've been asked that question in such broad strokes before, so I might have to think for a second. Okay, that's fine. And, and then we can always go back, or you can tell us if you can come up with one later, too. I think for me, and this is like a really obscure thing to choose, um, but for me it was um, – Oh, my goodness. Angelina Jolie's portrayal of Laura Croft and Tomb Raider um, that really solidified my idea of what it means to express uh, strength and beauty at the same time. And I knew that in my life I wanted to be tough like that. And I think that that portrayal in that movie, as corny as it sounds, was really like, beneficial or I don't, like a pivotal like epiphany I don't know which one to use here but like it was one of those things those aha moments where I was like I want to be a badass girl too you know what I mean yeah okay yeah yeah so that was super cool um and you know just like 
Princess Leia and like all of the the women who were tough um, and could keep up with the guys. I think um, as far as media goes and um, yeah, like yeah. And of course, like okay. you have sports heroes too, like Mia Hamm or you know Megan Rapinoe and all of those people who have done so much for women's sports. And I don't know, I could go on and on, but yes, there have been many influential people. And life. then what about what about music and wrestling? Music and wrestling. Music. Um, music. Um, pink. I, I, that's also kind of corny, and I feel like, you know, but she broke so many um, barriers, even with just the way that she carried herself and her style at the time. You no, know, no girls were really dressing in that punk short hair, um, at least that I saw in mainstream media, kind of. Um, style and that really was cool to me. I was like, oh, she's tough. She means what she says. And so peak um, as far as music goes. And then for wrestling, of course, like Lita and um, China and all of those really strong women and like Becky Lynch and things like that. Like I always loved when, you know, the girls could keep up with the guys. I think that's really important and I really love um, – intergender wrestling in those options. You have so much room for great storytelling there. So, yeah. Okay. And then speaking of keeping up with the guys, I have seen a couple of your matches, your one with uh, Rizik and then with Highly Benevolent. And, man, uh, I love your moveset. And then the way you handled yourself against Highly Benevolent, like the video says that you went toe to toe, that's definitely what happened. And then, like with Rizik, was sort of a different story, in my opinion, because he's a different character. He put takes you out of your element a little, but I think he definitely did better in the highly benevolent match. But man, I was definitely impressed with both. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I would definitely say um, they're both such different competitors, and. Um, those are both very different times in my wrestling career. I think that um, Rysik was like maybe my third match I had ever had. So that was okay, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely a learning curve. Um, and then in understanding my moveset more, I've been able to really um, keep up with um, more competitors, and that's been super, super awesome. And, yeah, highly benevolent. He – Kevin, he's such a yeah. Oh, he's a cheater. He makes me so upset every time I <laughs> try to do something illegal in a match, and I'm just like, no. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, and, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I love your move set, and I love the way you implement, uh, implement uh, lucha in there too. I used to do that myself, and then of course your single leg drop kick. Nice. Thank you. Very cool. Like, I'm really glad you appreciate that. Um, I do consider my style uh, American Lucha. There is definitely always going to be Lucha influence in my moveset. Um, and then, of course, I like to throw a stunner in there, here and there, um, because I am the original 90s kid, and um, who better to pay homage to than Stone Cold? Sweet. Okay. And then... Uh... Did you play sports in high school and growing up? Yeah, I uh, competitively played soccer for quite a few years and um, actually got to uh, help kids in Mexico uh, play soccer too. So that was really cool. And I um, uh, 
help kids with additional support needs as well um, learn the beautiful games. So soccer has been a big part of my life for a really long time. So I think that that really prepared me for wrestling for sure. Yes, definitely. And then can you tell the fans your self-defense background? My self-defense background is very limited. It's very self-taught. Um, I understand what it is to be able to manipulate the body or be able to evade somebody, but I do not have an extensive um, traditional uh, background in self-defense. Okay, and then let me see, how many different characters have you worked in wrestling as yourself? So, meaning other than Murphy, who else have yes. I been? Yes. Um, I have live, I've only been Murphy Madsen. Um, and in training, I've tried out a few different personas, but that was the one really that expressed me and fit me just the best. Um, I dabbled around with being a demon hunter character or a cheerleader character or just something that wasn't actually me, something that was more of a character and put on. Um, and that didn't work well for me. I think that in wrestling, the best thing that you can do is be an amplified version of yourself. Like, for example, Becky Lynch. Like, she's Becky Lynch, right? She's not really an archetype or a character. She just is herself but to the next level if that makes sense yes for sure and then how many different roles have you got to experience in wrestling so far what i mean by that is like most people have done ring crew and then security and then uh, uh been a runner or something like that not to mention uh, ring announcer and referee manager what other t- roles yeah. have you done um, I did maybe a short stint as a manager two times. I've refereed um, a women's tournament and a couple uh, promotional debuts. Um, I have filmed. I've done ring announcing. I've uh, done security, running. Um, and as a referee, actually, I had to, on the spot, um, fix somebody's wound. They got oh. coming into the ring, started bleeding. I wrapped it up, and I was like, technically, I should call this. Are you good? Are you good? And was able to continue the match going. So that was a more intense, um, I, I like trying out new and different um, roles in wrestling. I've put together a ring and taken down a ring numerous times. I've pretty much seen the ins and outs of the business for the most part. I think I've done everything short of, like, commentary to be honest, okay. now that I think about it, like okay. I've helped with lights. I don't know. It's crazy to think back about all of the things that I've been involved in. That's impressive. Okay. And then my next segment is called Memorable Matches. The first part about the memorable matches, we want to know about what are the most memorable matches you've seen in your life? And that means any which way, TV, videotape, uh, YouTube, live, Memorable matches you've seen? Oh, that's a really, that's a great one. Um, For me, I just recently started watching more NWA, and um, their women's division is completely amazing, and I 
just watched this amazing, I really love trios wrestling. I know that tag team and trios wrestling isn't for everybody, but there's so much storytelling and so many things that you can do with your partners that makes it so much more dynamic. Um, And so I was just watching this trios match um, and it was, it was amazing. It was um, Miss Kate and then her group of, people and then someone else I I totally forget it escapes me just their execution was so amazing and and that right now um is just a match that I can really remember off the top of my head and one of the best um women's matches I think I've seen in in my in my life um and then uh, as far as other ones like more well-known ones it would probably have to be um Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks um having that that moment at WrestleMania that was super cool to see two women of color, like just representing, um, you know, their culture and coming together and being able to entertain and fight and and be who they are on one of the highest like platforms for their art, which is super cool. So those are two that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head. Yes, definitely. And then, you know, Hey, we're not worried about ones that people are more familiar with or popular matches because our fans really love to look up new wrestlers and up and coming wrestlers like yourself, which, Hey, I want to let you know right now that I consider you in the top 10 up and coming wrestlers in the Northwest or this area that has a chance to make it. But of course, there's a lot of work that has to be done. Of course, it's no easy ride. And then of course, who knows if you even want to make it that big, but I just think you're on the top 10 for sure. Thank you so much for saying that. And it's been it's been a really crazy ride. Um, uh, like I said, I got into wrestling later in life, and so keeping up keeping up with everybody is has definitely looked different for me than it does for a lot of people. So I really appreciate um, you saying that, and and you asking me to come on the show. It's been super cool, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I have my own show. I would I would love to have you on my own show too, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. It's Saturdays at noon Pacific. So yeah, if uh, one of these times you're available, I'd love to get you on my show too. Yes, that'd be super cool. Thank you so much. Okay, and then now back to memorable matches. We'd love to hear about your most memorable matches you've been involved with, in any way. So I I definitely have a top three. Um, my most favorite uh, singles match um, by far, and I always love working with her, uh, is my match with Bambi Hall at a 5CC. Um, that's like, it's a short match, but working with her, uh, I learned so much about me, my moveset, and all of the things that I can uh, do to just like be a better wrestler. And so, like, whenever I'm around her, I'm always learning something new, and that's been super awesome. And then um, another singles match that really was amazing and great was my match at uh, Queen of Thorns for DOA. Um, It's a wonderful women's tournament that they put on there uh, every year. And I got to face Nicole Matthews. And, again, an amazing person to be put up against a great competitor um, and someone you really learn more from. And so that those two matches – have been really great. And then I have the, so I guess I have four. (laughs) And then the other two um, that I was involved in, one was a, um, it was a big, huge barn burner show that we put on um, because it was a goodbye to a promotion. And so um, I got to work with uh, 
Max Burnside and uh, Jaden the Unbelievable and Amira, the Tower of Power, and we had uh, a tag team match, um, and that was super cool. It was one of those moments where I was like, I was meant to be here, you know, um, doing this this specific thing in this time. So that was really cool. And then um, the other one, probably, again, it was a goodbye show, um, was this last uh, match I had at 5CC where I tagged with um, Kat from Canada. Um, and our trio's names were, were the Cool Cats and Kitten. Um, again, uh, Highly Benevolent and um, Konami Code. And just being able to be a part of that, like the saying goodbye um, to promotions has been really emotional, but really rewarding to be able to like send them off with like a good show, you know? Yeah. And what an honor, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, who are your favorite people to work and work with? I mean, for me personally, again, like I really like working with, um, Bambi, Bambi Hall, and I would love for um, us to work more in the future. And again, um, you know, I always enjoy working with Kikio, um, Amira, all the local women in the area are very, very talented. Um, And just a really great joy to work with um, Rebel Kel. Um, Sometimes she comes by um, our training facility. um, And that's been super cool to get to like, learn from her as well too so yeah right on okay and then hey i think they have a a show coming up at a high school here in in, uh pierce county pwf puts it on called abc days and they invite all the leagues to come wrestle there and i would pay to see you wrestle sunny days i'm not sure if you've wrestled her yet no i haven't i've heard great things about her though so uh, yeah, we'll have to see if you're available when that's when that's coming up, and uh, see if uh, yeah, she is too. And then, okay, yes, cool. All right, now let's see here. What is what are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Um, for me, it's like if if you want it, just do it. Like, there's no shame in trying. And if wrestling itself isn't for you there are so many other wonderful productive super cool things that you can do within the business um you know what i mean and so like whether you're the you know greatest thing since sliced bread or not you still can be around wrestling and you still can find your place in the wrestling community and in the wrestling world um besides just being a performer i think that sometimes people get you know, starstruck and they're like, oh, that's the only thing for me. But I think that wrestling is so much more than that. It really is a community. Uh, And the more um, you learn about it, the more you're able to just appreciate every facet of it. Like, go for it. And then practice like you play. That's definitely one thing that I really will always treasure, um, you know, training with um, Dave and Chris at Dragonplex is that when we have practice matches or you know, we're trying out a new skill. They always say practice like you play. So when you are um, meeting a new competitor or performing live or, you know, you're having a competition with someone live, right, uh, you're used to it. You're used to that urgency and ferocity that you need um, to really uh, push yourself um, in the moment. So, yeah, practice like you play. And if wrestling's not for you, there's always a home for you in wrestling. 
Yes, that's great advice. Thank you. Okay, and then who are some of your toughest opponents you've faced so far? Oh, yeah, definitely hands down um, Kikio. She's very, very, very good at what she does. Um, very challenging every time I get in the ring with her. Um, Bambi Hall as well, very challenging. I think to um, also Lance Pearson, uh, he was definitely, definitely a challenging opponent. And then um, Sonico, the Lucha Ghoul, whenever I face him, it's just, it's so fast paced out of nowhere. And um, I really have to click into my Lucha brain. Um, and so, yeah, always challenging for sure. Okay, and then back to my favorite segment. What are the favorite concerts you've seen? My favorite concerts that I've seen. That's a great question. Um, I I love hip hop and R and B. Um, and so when not this last time, but the time before, when Beyonce came to town, I went with my mom and my sister, and that was a really amazing concert experience. And then when I was very very young. Um, I think I was about 12. Uh, I went to one of my first concerts with my friends, and that was Kelly Clarkson, and it was really fun. Um, so those are two fun concert experiences that I've had. Exactly. And, you, and you know, nobody can ever take that away from you, no matter what people say. Totally, yeah. And it's kind of – and, I mean, I've seen countless amazing live shows. Um, and so uh, – yeah, like uh, there's a local band. I'm not sure if they're still together, um, but they're called Astor House, and there are two brothers. One plays, I believe, bass guitar, which is super wild, and one plays um, drums. And they're super amazing. Cobra Hawk is a band out of Yakima, who's really great as far as like local talent goes. So um, those are two great more local concerts okay. that I really enjoy. Nice. And then in your lifetime, what have been your favorite sports teams? Oh, great. Well, of course, the Seattle Sounders. Okay, yes. yeah. Yeah, the the Storm also. And, um, yeah, the Seattle okay. Sounders and the Storm, the Sonics. I'm definitely, like, a Seattle hometown <laughs> girl. So, Same here, yes, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The rain, Okay. What? schools do you suggest for the fans and for people wanting to get into wrestling? Yeah. Um, so I train at um, Dragonplex in Everett, Washington. Um, it's super cool because we're in a facility that's split in half. Half is MMA um, and half is pro wrestling. We're able to uh, do cross training if we would like. Um, the MMA coach is super great. Um, Kristen Davis is super great. So I really like training at Dragonflex. There's also Buddy Wayne Academy, who I believe is in the Everett Mill Creek-ish area. I'm not sure where they train out of. Um, and then as well as Oregon Pro Wrestling, that's a little bit farther away, um, but they're really great too. And then Lucha Libre Volcanica, very great, great quality training. Um, from, you know, a professional uh, that's been doing it for a really long time. Um, all of the luchadors are amazing, super loving, very patient, open to helping you train, to helping you get it right. Um, and I always love um, dropping in down there as well. So, yeah. Nice. Okay. And then who are some up-and-comers besides yourself that people should keep an eye on? 
That's a great question. Um, I have so many people that I train with who are so talented. Zeb St. One is someone um, who I really admire and has helped me um, through my wrestling journey, and same with um, Nathan Fox. They're right now in a tag team called The Wrong Side, um, or they're actually in a tag team called Death Threat. Um, sorry, I got my teams mixed up. Death Threat is Nathan Fox and Saint. They're amazing, really great um, to work with, really great uh, creative minds. So they, they're ones that we should watch out for, for sure. And then there's a few people who I train with who are just now getting started, Christian X and uh, Blackheart Wren. Um, and they have had maybe like two or three, I believe, matches. Um, and they both are really talented as well. Um, and we have even more coming up the pipelines, um, but those guys are to be to be uh, introduced. So we'll see. Awesome. And how do people get a hold of you? Um, so my Instagram handle is at Murphy underscore Madsen, um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. I'm rarely on Twitter. Um, I truly am, you know, a 90s kid, and I don't love or get along with all technology. So I am on Twitter, not so, so often. I'm usually just on Instagram. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to have to do my wrap here before I let you back to sign guy. But before that, I want to thank you so much for your time and for just, like I say, I see you as a rising star. I want to wish you all the luck in the world. But I'm going to give you back the sign guy. This guy's so fly, he's going to make you high. He's going to take you to the sky. I don't have to lie. Let me tell you why, baby, because he might be better than baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. Sign guy, baby, how you doing? Doing great. Thank you, Coach. Well, Murphy, one of the things that is obviously very vital to pro wrestling is the actual physical ring itself. I know you've been in a few different rings, and rings are constructed in different ways. They're designed differently, so there are differences in wrestling rings. At this stage in your career, do you have a personal favorite ring in which you wrestle? Ooh, that's a really great question. Um, I personally really like there. Uh, there's a promotion in Eastern Washington. Um, it's in Richland, so it's kind of like just past Ellensburg, not quite all the way like Spokane area. Um, so it's at Reactivate Pro Wrestling. They have an amazing, amazing wrestling ring. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's slightly elevated, and um, its ropes are actual ropes genuine ropes. Um, what you might not know is that there are different rings that run and some rings have wire ropes um, and those are covered with hose and if you want to do any kind of rope work or um, kind of more of that lucha feel moveset off of ropes, it's really hard to work wire ropes with hose around it because they spin. Um, and so I really prefer uh, real, uh, real wrapped ropes um, and, yeah, I really like that ring. Um, I've worked elevated rings. I've worked low boys. I've worked in the rain. I've worked um, canvas as well as kind of more of a tarp canvas material. Um, that's probably my least favorite <laughs> to work. It's kind of almost sticky. 
Um, and so when you're wanting to do anything like an indie slide or even if you're doing an arm, arm drag, it really, like, catches you up. Um, so, yeah, there's lots and lots of different setups for rings, and um, sometimes you get there and you're like, oh, man, it's this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, I definitely prefer the reactivate ring. Um, it's super awesome to work on. Personally, I will take a sticky vinyl canvas over a slippery vinyl canvas every single time. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh, I couldn't imagine that. I even was struggling. There was, like, a little bit of a sprinkle um, at one of the shows I went to um, on just a canvas mat, and I slipped, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. So, but, I mean, I've seen some crazy matches, though, like, play out. It was Danica Diehard and uh, Chakala like did a LLV match in the pouring rain on one of those vinyl bats and oh my gosh it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So yeah. I can imagine that. I've also seen a few crazy things. Um, Speaking of the rain it's the time of year that a lot of promotions will run outdoor shows because the weather's optimal right now, and there's a lot of fairs and festivals that will buy wrestling shows, and promoters get paid a fee to put on a show and then pay out from their fee to all the expenses. So it's that season right now. Do you personally have any opinions on outdoor shows versus indoor shows as far as liking them, disliking them, or seeing more hardships or more ease of doing shows? Um, again, great question. I feel like uh, festival shows and fair shows are really, really great. They're an awesome opportunity to catch the eye of someone who might not be a wrestling fan and kind of bring them into the wrestling world. So I absolutely love shows like that. Um, the only hardships really are like, oh, sometimes it's like very hot. So maybe, you know, you're not going to always be doing 20-minute time limit matches, right? Or, you know, sometimes it's rainy and you have to like account for all of those things. But other than that, I think that they're they're actually really great and they really do their job. And um, I'm indifferent to working either. I think that both have very great benefits and both, you know, have their setbacks as well. Um like, believe it or not, you know, changing changing in an outside tent is probably as convenient as the locker rooms that we make shift out of venues um, all the time. So it's one of those things, like, you know, you'll find a way, you know, no matter where you're at. So I like them both the same, I would say, for different reasons. And when you are on a show that's outdoors, especially when it is hot, do you change your mindset going into the match? Do you change the amount of fluids that you take in either before or after the match? Do you plan a match differently? Do you have anything you would do differently doing a show in the heat than you would any other time? Absolutely. I mean, I probably wouldn't be doing a bunch of, like, moves that require rope running and and different things that are really going to exert a lot of unnecessary movement and energy. I think that 
I would really focus on a lot more of my power moves, my strikes, and things like that um, in the heat, as well as, yes, hydrating before and after, but really, really focusing on that hydrating after for sure, because I think that when you're in the ring and you're exerting that energy and you're sweating and doing all of those things, um, you're really, like, bringing down um, your hydration level because it's all, you know, coming out. Um, so just really focusing on that aftercare after, you know, a really hot match, um, I think is very important. And also making sure that you're eating adequate food as well because it all, you know, the body is a crazy thing and it all, you know, matters, you know, what you put into it and, and what you're exerting out of it. So you've got to keep that in mind as well. Um, like we said, you're still pretty new to the wrestling business, and there are still a lot of people out there that have decades of experience. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Tracy Smothers, but someone recently described him as the patron saint of independent wrestling because he mentored dozens and dozens and dozens of wrestlers over his entire career. And here in the Northwest, there's still a lot of veterans that go back to the days of Don Owens running a territory full-time here. There's also a lot of people that have been in uh, the next generation that are still active. Do you have some advice that you've picked up from some of the veterans that have been around for years and years and years that has been the most helpful to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, going into every match, like, you kind of you kind of think about a lot of things, and, like, some things really shine through and, like, um, really make a difference. And, like, for me, like, something that was really helpful was uh, talking to Drexel um, from Oregon um, and just taking in all of the advice that he had as far as, like, who like who are you? Who are you? Who is your who is your wrestler? I think that if you really know who you are as a wrestler, like how you want to be, um, it makes every match so much easier. And I think a lot of people, especially on the Indies, get caught up in, well, I want to do this move and this move and this move, and I want to do this and that and, and hit them with this, and then we'll do like twelve falsies and you know and. You, you really don't know um, how important that character work is until you, you really get into it and you realize I can make a body slam, you know, mean as much as a shooting star press, depending on how you do it. So I think... One of the things in wrestling that has been popping up over the last few years at the independent level is live commentary during the course of shows. There are a few people out there that have a really good knowledge of how to build a show up and commentary without tearing the wrestlers down or the referees uh, through what they're saying live over the PA system. It's a hard job. Not a lot of people understand how to really do it. Uh, some promoters like it because it educates a new fan base that isn't familiar with the wrestlers or even the sport itself. 
some promoters like it because they uh, think it will help keep fans engaged if they have the audio going like they have on television. I know a lot of wrestlers dislike it because they find it distracting and because a lot of the live commentators just don't grasp the role of it. Do you personally have a feeling on live commentary over the PA? I think, like, for me, I think that if you're, I don't know, like, this is kind of harsh to say, but I think that if you're you're getting distracted by commentary, that's probably not good. Like, I think that, like, as a professional wrestler, you know, anything should be able to go around, like, go on around you. People should be able to yell things at you um, that are, you know, crazy and you should still be able to perform so I mean that must be really wild you know either that the commentary was up really loud or that person maybe needs to work on their focus um I've had live commentary I've had people who don't know what they're doing you know on live commentary at a at a street fair show but I believe that it does it gets the fans engaged and there was even a fan who came up and started helping um with commentary and they allowed it you know it was a very relaxed like I said, like fair show. Um, and it made it more fun for me. Um, I think that everybody's different. I especially think that commentary, um, live commentary works well uh, when it it's recorded live and then put, you know, made sure that it's put in line and, like, is lining up with everything um, on the later than released video. Um, but, I mean, I've never been in a spot where I've noticed commentary. So I don't really have, other than, like, enjoying it and kind of, like, hearing it off and on during the match. I've never really had that struggle. So I don't really have, like, a positive or negative opinion on it. Sorry. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things where I'm like, well, I could see someone not liking that, but it doesn't matter for me. <laughs> Understood. Now, of course, fans know you as that 90s kid, and... Uh, we established that you are more from 10 years ago forward as far as your knowledge. But in the 90s, especially from around 1996 forward, that was a massive boom period in wrestling because of the Monday Night Wars era and revenues went sky high. Wrestling was massively popular in the mainstream for the latter half of the 90s. Do you ever go back and sort of get a feel for 90s wrestling just to kind of be able to say, yeah, I remember the 90s and incorporate that into what you do? Absolutely. Like the Attitude Era is like amazing and that that was kind of overlapping with everything too. And uh I, I love that. It's the it's the huge, larger-than-life, command-of-the-ring feel that, like, I want to have and I want to portray. Um, so definitely. And, and just um, it was one of the most hard-hitting but also the most theatrical times in wrestling, um, which is, like, exactly what I want to be in wrestling. So definitely, yeah, go back, see, you know, old, Chris Jericho and his hair up in a ponytail like that and, you know, all these things. And, um, you know, Randy Orton uh, cutting promos from 
you know, having a broken leg, like all those things, all the storytelling, all of it is just super, super important. And I think that the 90s really exemplified that. At this stage in your career, if you could wrestle anyone still active from the 1990s, who would that 90s kid Murphy Master most want to face? Oh, absolutely, Lita. Still very possible she's still active. I know, I know. And when I saw that and I saw what she was doing with Becky Lynch and, like, how they were incorporating, you know, all the different movesets, it was super awesome. So, yes, Lita, for sure. Well, we have come down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure that you have plenty of time to say anything you would like to the fans, plug and promote absolutely anything you'd like from social media to merchandise to upcoming shows to your favorite video store, anything at all that you would like. Floor is all yours. All right. Well, my name is Murphy Madsen, and I have had a pleasure on this phone call slash podcast. I would like you guys to look out for me and all my dates in September. Again, my Instagram handle is at Murphy underscore Madsen, uh, and you guys can find upcoming dates there. I am super excited for the uh, upcoming show at uh, Peak Sports Entertainment here in Everett. Really, really, really going to be a fun time. We're doing a charity event for Toys for Talks. Uh, so that's going to be super great. That's on October 22nd. It's a ways out from Market Calendar, October 22nd. Everett, Washington, Peak Sports Entertainment. Again, you can find that information on my Instagram. Uh, it's going to be a super good time, super fun, great vibes, great atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, just, just keep watching me on Instagram. I'll be posting all kinds of fun things coming up. Um, we got September stacked. got DOA in Oregon coming up, got some work in uh, eastern Washington as well, and so I'm slowly making my way all around the Pacific Northwest, and not to mention September 23rd, having that match with Kikyo, it's going to be great, and for all of you out there listening who are just struggling, um, just remember that you are loved, and that you're going to get through this, and wrestling loves you, and I love you. So yeah. Well, Murphy Matson, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. We definitely appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck as you continue with your career, and hopefully our paths will cross again at some point soon. All right. Thank you so much again, and you have a great rest of your day. You thank as you. well. Well, fans, definitely, if Murphy Matson is on a show near you, go buy a ticket. She's very, very entertaining. You're going to... Enjoy what she does, so make sure you support that 90s kid. Coach, as we wrap up, I'm sure you have some things to plug and promote. Yeah, you can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach of the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the, and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of videos from celebrities all over the world. And then, of course, you can check me out on the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday noon Pacific. And I'm blessed to have Sign Guy join me probably half the time. So we appreciate having you on, Sign. And we thank all the fans for 
all their feedback, their love and support, and questions they send in. And then on next week, I got Suma Chiwokla from Arizona, the Indian rising star. And then on the ninth, I got Y period T period Jones out of Alaska. And on the 16th, I got Ken Hamlin back. And on 923, I got Nice Man Hank Miller. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to those shows. And thanks again. Thanks, Sign Guy, and for Turnbuckle Turmoil. We appreciate you guys. All right. Well, fans coming up for you next week on Friday afternoon. We have Steve Ray. You've seen him on the dark side of the ring. And also one week from this very day out of the great state of West Virginia, Billy Knox will be joining us. We'll make sure you have plans to join us. Everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the pay-per-views going on today. Big, big day for wrestling at the national level and a lot of great independent shows out there. Grindhouse Wrestling also about to start up in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. So make your way there. We will talk to you next week.